0: the Old Testament is full of many great prophets in the Old Testament we have what's called the major prophets and the minor prophets the four major prophets are Isaiah Jeremiah Ezekiel and Daniel and the twelve minor prophets are Hosea Joel Amos Obadiah Jonah Mike Micah uh, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And that last prophet that's mentioned in the Old Testament is, in fact, Malachi. And that's also the name of the last book of the Old Testament. In fact, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6 is the very last verse of the Old Testament. And then after that, 400 years of history passes before the first verse of the New Testament's written. So for 400 years... The Holy Spirit, who up to that point had spoken through those 16 different prophets, had been silent. And God's people waited and waited for him to speak, to speak his word once again. It was almost as if they were in a spiritual wilderness of silence and anticipation during those four centuries. And then one day, John the Baptist begins to preach repentance out in the wilderness of Judea. John is considered by his cousin Jesus to be the greatest of all the prophets, even greater than the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah himself speaks speaks to God's people about John. He wrote in Isaiah 40 at verse 3, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so let's just take a minute and think about that statement, prepare way of the Lord are you prepared for the Lord is your heart prepared for him is your mind and your spirit open to and prepared for the Lord are you ready willing and able to make him just as much a part of your life as your own very soul is are you prepared for what God wants to do in you as an individual and in us as a church as a church family in the year of our Lord, 2020? Are your paths straight? Or do you often encounter detours and roadblocks? See, the sins that we allow ourselves to indulge in, they act just like detours and roadblocks. Detours and roadblocks to our relationship with God. These detours and roadblocks, they they take our focus away from Jesus and therefore away from God our Father. Our giving in to sin, it keeps us from having the fullness of relationship that God wants us to have with him. It distances us from spending real quality, intimate time with him. Sometimes it keeps us from our worship of him, and sometimes it keeps us from engaging in a Bible study or from daily devotion or daily prayer time. Sometimes it keeps us from faithful service to him. A few weeks ago during Advent, we read how John the Baptist appeared out in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He was the voice crying in the wilderness that Isaiah spoke of. And all the country of Judea went out to hear him, and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. So John was telling them that before we could really receive God into our hearts, we must confess our sins, and we must repent of those sins. That we have to change our lives. Stop focusing on ourselves in order to focus on God and his will for us. Repent. Change. For the kingdom of God is at hand. That was John's message. A message That wasn't just for his followers 2,000 years ago, but one that's for us today. The kingdom of God is at hand, meaning the kingdom of God, it's right now. We're living in the kingdom right now. And John tells us that in order to be a living part of that kingdom, we have to confess and we have to repent. In order for the light of the world to dwell inside us and then to shine forth from us, We have to confess and we have to repent. But John also had a second message for us. John said, after me comes he who is mightier than I, whose thong, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then in today's gospel lesson, Matthew tells us that after these things happened, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him and John would have prevented him saying I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me but Jesus answered him let it be so for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness and then he consented and when Jesus was baptized he went up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were opened and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. From the time he was born, Jesus lived a sinless life, and yet he was baptized by John. Jesus chose to be baptized, not for himself, but for us. He did so to transform the baptismal rite that John was calling people to. And he transformed it into one of the most amazing gifts available, ordained and sanctified and commanded by Christ himself. It's the sacrament of holy baptism. By allowing himself to be baptized, Jesus transformed baptism from a symbolic cleansing ritual into an amazing gift of grace through this holy sacrament in which we become united in Christ by his and our baptism. We become united with him, and we become united with each other, with all believers. Just as the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of a dove and came to rest on his body, we too receive the Holy Spirit at our baptism as we're made a member of the body of Christ. That's what John meant when he said, I baptize you with water, but... He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then three years later, after his crucifixion and resurrection and just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus commanded the church to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even though he didn't need cleansing of sin because he was sinless, Jesus became united with us through baptism when he allowed himself to be baptized. The Bible tells us that he became sin who knew no sin. And that began in his baptism. So think of it this way. John was calling everyone to come and be baptized. And as they entered the waters of baptism, they did so stained with their sins, but... They came up out of those waters, cleansed as their sins were symbolically washed away. And then Jesus entered those same waters completely clean. And as he emerged from the waters, he did so taking on himself the sins of all those who had been and would be baptized. He became sin who knew no sin. That process of taking on the sins of the whole world, it started at his baptism. And it continued all through his life, all the way to his last breath on the cross. And that's why Satan began his 40-day assault on Jesus immediately after his baptism. And Jesus also allowed himself to be baptized as an example for us, to invite us to follow him and, and to show us what our first steps in that journey must be. And as he comes up out of the water, he's empowered by the Holy Spirit for ministry, as our Savior. The Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove and a voice comes from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. God the Father declaring Jesus as his Son, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him as a seal of that declaration, as a sanctification of the ministry that he's going to now take on. Now, we don't need to second guess or speculate about who Jesus is. God the Father makes it very clear who Jesus is. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, this is one of the very few times that's recorded in the Bible when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all physically manifest to us at the same exact time. Now, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate, God in human flesh. He was fully man and fully God. His baptism empowered him for ministry that he was about to begin during those final three years of his life on this earth. And since we're baptized by water and the Holy Spirit, our own baptism empowers each one of us for the ministries that we are called to do. Just as the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in the form of a dove to anoint him with power from on high, we, too, are anointed with power from on high. We, too, are sealed with the Holy Spirit at our baptisms. And then, immediately after Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days and nights. You know, when we really invite and then allow Christ to work in our lives, when we really invite the Holy Spirit to work through us to accomplish the will of our Heavenly Father, Satan goes to war against us. He tempts us just like he tempted Jesus. And the difference is, Jesus remained faithful. He remained strong. He didn't give in to those temptations. He did have free will. He could have given in to those temptations, but he didn't. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way as we are. But he remained sinless. He used the word of God as a shield against the temptations of the evil one. And following that example, we can do exactly the same thing. Don't ever think God doesn't understand what you're going through when the trials and tribulations of this life are thrown at you and you think, you know, I can't take any more of it. Because he completely understands. He's been there, he's experienced all the hardships that you have And even more. Through his baptism Jesus identifies with the human condition. Remember that God is perfect and without sin and it's at this very moment, the moment of his baptism, that Jesus begins the process of bearing the sins of the world. He'll continue doing so during those final three years of his life on this earth. And as he takes more and more upon his shoulders and until the hardwood of the cross is laid across those same shoulders and his hands and feet are pierced as he's nailed to the cross for our sins. And then as he hangs on the cross and just before his spirit leaves his body, he takes the full weight of all the sins of all mankind for all time onto his shoulders and he becomes the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. And the gates of heaven are thrust open for all who believe. And the wages of sin, death, is defeated. We begin the journey of our faith in Christ at the moment of our baptism. But our baptism changes us. We become a member of the church, a member of the body of Christ. We're cleansed of our sins, actual sin and original sin. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to grow in our relationship with God as we begin and continue the process of Christian growth, working towards becoming mature adult Christians as we grow in our relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist preached confession and repentance. He was making ready the way of the Lord. We all have to make ready the way of the Lord. We're called to make our own lives ready for him. And like John we're called to be a voice of one crying in the wilderness that's all around us in this terribly broken and lost world. My brothers and sisters in Christ you and I are called to confession and repentance over and over and over. There's no magic that keeps us from sinning after our baptism. There's no mystical force field that's set up around us to prevent the devil from launching his assaults and temptations. In fact as we continue to grow and mature in our relationship with the Lord, those assaults and temptations will likely become more and more aggressive. But we have powerful tools to help protect us. Just as we need to keep ourselves physically clean to help keep our bodies healthy, we also have to keep ourselves spiritually clean to help keep our souls healthy. And the way we do that is to confess and repent. To allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. But in order for him to change us from the inside out, we have to first make room for him on the inside of our hearts. And then we have to make sure we keep him there. And the way we keep him in our hearts as the center and focus of our lives is by studying the word of God regularly. By spending time in prayer every day. By coming together as the body of Christ to worship God. Be nourished by the body and blood of Christ. So as we move into this new year, let's focus on Jesus and his love for us. Let's ask the Lord to renew our minds and our hearts by inviting the Holy Spirit to continue descending upon us each and every day. And let's invite him to work through our lives so that we can hear and do the Father's will for us as individuals and as his church. Just as Jesus came up out of the water of his own baptism, empowered for ministry and sealed by the Holy Spirit, you and I are empowered for ministry and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Embrace that incredibly special gift this year in 2020. Ask God to use you like he's never used used you before. Ask him to use us like he's never used us before make a commitment to study the word of God more often this year, to spend time in prayer more often this year, to come together as the body of Christ, to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness more often this year, and to be truly nourished by his body and blood more often this year. If we keep him in our hearts and as the center and focus of our lives, he's going to do amazing things in and through us.